We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome once again to Mel Tucker's Inside Zone, the weekly podcast for the head coach here at the University of Colorado, along with uh, Mel, I'm voice of the boss, Mark Johnson. Boy, we've got a treat here today. You want to yes. talk about talk about royalty here at yes. CU? Yeah, I've been hearing about Bobby Anderson since the day I got here, so this is a, definitely a treat for me. He is a uh, college football Hall of Famer. He's a Colorado legend. His number hangs just below us up there in the broadcast booth. In fact, Bobby for 29 years was on the broadcast, and uh, I think we did it, Bobby, two years, two maybe two and a half or three. I think that, that third year you were kind of phasing out a little bit, but you still showed up. Well, I had a few golf tournaments now and then. I had to, <laughs> I had to have a substitute fill in for me, but uh, – I uh, tried to make most of the games. It was really a pleasure being with you and Larry, and we, yeah. we had went through some great years here. He was just telling, before we went on, he was telling us a story. Uh, during the Fairbanks era, Bobby had the unenviable task of doing the coach's TV show. Yeah, I hosted, uh, hosted Chuck Fairbanks' TV yeah. show, and those were tough. We had to find out things to do other than talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's oh, great having you. How, how often do you get back to Boulder? We haven't seen you for a while. I don't well, think. last time I came back, uh, you know, thankfully – my mom is still at the Fraser Meadows. She's 101 and a half years old. Oh, so bless she's her. doing wow. well. And uh, we, we get back. I, I came back for the Blue Bonnet Bowl reunion yeah. uh, two years ago. So that was the 67 team that we honored back then. And that was when Ron Scott was a senior captain. And, yeah. and my brother was on that team, an All American on that team. 
Well, Bobby, it says you were born in Midland, Michigan. Yes. And how did you find your way to, to Boulder? Well, Dad was uh, with Dow Chemical. He came out of Washington State University, your game in two weeks from now. They, were, they went to school in Pullman, my mom and dad. And he was hired by Dow Chemical, went to Port Huron, Michigan. And then they moved up to Midland, where Dick and I were born. But the Atomic Energy Commission had a contract with Dow Chemical. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they had the plant out at Rocky Flats. And we moved to Boulder when I was three years old. So Boulder's really the, the town I know is my hometown. Yeah. What is, uh, what is, some, what is Boulder like? now compared to what it was like when <laughs> when you were when you were here I, w- I would imagine there's some there's been some changes 1950 yeah i think that's when we moved here so i was three years old and uh i just think traffic is one thing you probably recognize <laughs> you know it's town. funny jim hansen said it to us last week yeah because traffic's in out of control yeah we i think boulder was 20 to twenty five thousand people wow when we wow. moved to boulder and uh um, you know, we went to Whittier grade school, Casey junior high and Boulder high school. Those, <laughs> those are great schools and still have a lot of friends from, from the Boulder days, but it, it's quite a bit different. Uh, it's still beautiful. You come over the Ridge and I know it's always been touted for those recruits you bring into town. Absolutely. Stop up on that Mesa, that table Mesa up there and look and look at what you're about ready to drive into. It's really spectacular. Always miss seeing that and the flat irons up there and the beautiful mountains. We used to climb around these rocks as kids all, all our lives. You know, you, you think about uh, Colorado football, and of course, you, you always go back to 89, 90, 91, 92, and right up to 94 into that area. Gary had the great team, of course, in 2001. Take us back to the late 60s, though, and, and this program. And was it a no-brainer for you to become a Buffalo, being that you're a Boulder kid? Well, actually, it was interesting. I, I really played a lot of baseball, and I, I had aspirations to maybe be a baseball player. And uh, it was interesting. I was recruited to Florida, and for some reason that that attracted me, and hmm. uh, you know, more maybe more of a warmer climate, more more conducive to a college baseball career sure. and, and football. And Ray Graves was the head coach down there. But kind of a funny story. They actually illegally recruited me down there because they <laughs> flew me over the fifty mile radius that the time was <laughs> allowed distance. To. Oh, is that right? So they flew me to see my grandparents down in Sarasota in a private plane when I went down for the trip. <laughs> and of course, Eddie picked up on that. I think we're beyond the statute of limitations. Yeah, I think they're Eddie, okay. Eddie picked up on that and, and called Ray Graves. You you can't recruit this guy. You you've done it illegally. So wow. I had always wanted to be a buff. Uh, we grew up across town. I looked out my breakfast window at this stadium every day. Said I'm going to play there someday. Awesome. Wow. And I got caught up in the trappings of uh, of recruiting and thought maybe there was another place to go. But I ended up where the good Lord wanted me to, and I was <laughs> I was thankful for that. Wow. I, I tell you what. You know, I talk about the um, tradition. Here, the football tradition, and, and Mark just mentioned, like you talk about the the '90s, but sure. when you played, you guys had a heck of a football team here. We really did. The '67 team was nine and two, and uh, Mel, that year we were five and zero oh, coming out of Lincoln with a win. That you guys just, uh, you know, anytime you beat Nebraska, it's a great, it's a Amen. great tribute to the university. <laughs> Uh, mostly a defensive win. Uh, we won 21-16. We were third in the nation at 5-0. and mm. Unfortunately, they beat us up a little bit. Seven offensive starters were not able to start the next week. Wow. And back then, we weren't as deep as you guys can with great athletes now. And the two Oklahoma st- schools beat us two weeks in a row. Oklahoma State here for homecoming. And then we went down to Norman, and, and they beat us. And then we got the guys healthy again. We mm. won the last four and finished up 9-2 and two and beat Miami in the Liberty Bowl, or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. And uh, in Houston Rice Stadium, so that was a great team. And then uh, we slipped a little bit in '68. Eddie had lost four coaches. Don James went mm-hmm. to Kent State, I think, at the time. Yep. And, and there were a great staff. Our offensive line coach Joe Harper got a head job out at Cal Poly, and so he, re- he replaced uh, four coaches. And there was some transition through that '68 uh, season. But then we came back again in 
69. I think about the 69 team, and we're honoring the Liberty Bowl uh, 50-year reunion this week. We won every home game. Mm. Uh, Missouri was fourth in the country and picked to win the Big 12, and we beat them here in this stadium. And um, we beat Kansas State, who had Lynn Dickey that played later for the Green Bay Packers in a 45-32 game that got us the invitation to go to the Liberty Bowl and play against Bear Bryant in Alabama. Outstanding. You know, you think about your career. So you were an honorable, Mer- uh, honorable, all- honorable mention All-American as a quarterback, and then you were an All-American as a tailback. What, what do you think of yourself as? Uh, fortunate. Uh, and, and blessed and thankful and, and grateful because yeah. I, I had great players that were right in front of me, uh, Mark and Mel. They, uh, you know, we had great offensive lines uh, with the 90 – with the 67 team, Kirk Tracy and, and Mike Motler, who turned on the juice. He was one of the part of the electric company that helped OJ rush for yeah. 2,000 yards with the, the, the late Mike Motler. And How about that history, huh? Man, you, you got to be kidding me. And, of course, me. then we had uh, Don Popowell, um, our senior year for the Liberty Bowl team. And Dick Maline is an engineer, very brilliant guy. He was an all-Big 8. Dennis Havig was the other guard who uh, – um, played about eight years in the NFL for Houston and Green Bay a little bit, and I think maybe the Colts, hmm. and, a, and a great coaching staff. You know, when Jim Morrow was on this coaching staff and Don James, and, you know, we had a great spiritual leader and a freshman coach. Freshmen back then were not eligible, and Dan Stavely, if, mm. if you hear oh, stories yes. about Dan Stavely, he was country. He said he grew up so far out in the country in southern Colorado they had to go towards town to go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> towards town to go hunting. His, his favorite play was high diddle diddle, the fullback up the middle. And you had a delay on a screenplay. He says, here's what you count out. 10,000 Swedes went through the weeds in the Battle of Copenhagen. Go! <laughs> and he said my, my style of offense was the uh, was a confused tee with the unbalanced coach. <laughs> That's standing. But, uh, he, what he great was history. A great guy. So we, we have some great memories and, and Dan was a real contributor to that team as a freshman coach. We played four freshman games back then in 66 when I came in. We beat McCook Junior College, and then we beat the University of Wyoming. We had a game against Air Force, and then we played the University of Mexico from uh, Mexico City, Mexico. Is that right? Yeah. Eddie got a good relationship uh, with the Mexican coach. He used to come up and watch spring ball here. And and so Eddie set up a, a game against the University of Mexico out of Mexico City. And they weren't ready to really play football. We had a great freshman class. <laughs> yeah. and, and you've met. That was uh, a nice you, way of saying we you've kicked their tail. Bill Collins, yeah. who was a captain, uh, came up as a walk on 17 years old out of Houston. He walked on up here okay. and proved himself. They called him Contact Collins. Another one, Dan Staley, would say if contact hit you, he's going to put blood clots in your urine. <laughs> so, but, uh, I love it, man. But, uh, Bill Collins later, later became, a, became a captain with us, an inspiration to all of us because he walked on. He later was a wow. captain our senior year. How about that? Great history. Man, that's, that's incredible. You mentioned the, that 69 Liberty Bowl against Alabama. Uh-huh. What, do you, what do you remember about that game? Well, if, if, you just, if I go over to the locker room after the game, I remember Bear Bryant come in. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, son, that offensive line just made you a lot of money. <laughs> but, uh, he was a classy guy. And, but the thing that was really, really wonderful about that game uh, is, is the influence of Eric Harris and Bill Collins. And we had five African-American players on our team. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they had no black players at all. Yes. And they told Bill, he might have told you this story, that in the locker room they said, you could only have one guy come out and flip the coin. Well, Mike Pruitt and I from Boulder, Mike Pruitt from Delta, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, were the other co-captains. And we said, Bill, you're going to represent us. You're going to go flip that coin. We wow. want you out in front of us. They brought the whole team out, all white players. They didn't have a black player. And uh, Steve Earhart, who's the 
managing director now of the Liberty Bowl, and Steve Hatchell mentioned that uh, that was a moment when Bear Bryant said, I've got to start recruiting black players. How about that? And then he told the story about Sam Cunningham coming in from Southern Cal and beating him down in Tuscaloosa. Right. But this this team showed him that, uh, you know, you, you need to divert mm. uh, things into, in, in Alabama. Do, do you think at that time, Bobby, here you are, a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids, did you guys understand the, the impact or what was going on? Or well, what? there was uh, the – there a little racial turmoil in 68, you know, mm. uh, the, the black players, football and basketball here, uh, ask Eddie for some demands. Uh, Eddie, to his credit, hired C.B. McGowan, the first black coach at this university in 69. Okay. And, and uh, uh, you know, it was an interesting time in, before the 69 team. Uh, in July, the man walked on the moon. In August, when we started practice, they were doing Woodstock. And I was looking back <laughs> on the, the people that were born back there and were, uh, those years was uh, Hillary Clinton and Elton John. Okay. So, but, uh, but, but it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a turnover time. It was interesting because with the, with the guys thinking about going to Memphis, a year and eight months earlier, Martin Luther King had been assassinated in, in uh, Memphis. Right. And, uh, you know, to send Bill Collins out in Memphis, Tennessee, to flip the coin against an wow. all-white Alabama team, it, it was really meaningful to us. I bet it was. And uh, so it was a special win for us. Mm. You talked about uh, Bear Bryant and and how he said the offensive line made you a lot of money. <laughs> about how much – do you remember what those contracts were like back then in the NFL as a, as a first-round pick? Well, that's interesting. I, I make more in my retirement pension, <laughs> the Burt Bell retirement plan now, Mel, than was my first annual salary. So it's, it's a different deal. It was interesting uh, – Terry Bradshaw in the 1970 draft was the number one pick, and then Mike Mike Phipps out of uh, uh, Purdue, you know, who later played for the Cleveland Browns, yep. and Mike McCoy was a double wide defensive tackle for Green Bay. Or, yeah, went to Green Bay from Notre Dame, that was third in the country. Luckily, my buddy from Oklahoma, Steve Zabel, was seventh in the country. I I got lucky and. Uh, you know, got to stay home with the local team. They picked me 11th in the country. Steve Owens, a Heisman Trophy winner, was picked 16th. But, no, we didn't, didn't have contracts, anything <laughs> like they do today. <laughs> not, not the millions, huh? No, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I've, I've heard guys... I wouldn't have made mu as much then as Mark Johnson makes it doing what his job is. <laughs> well, yeah, boy, boy, we got to, I'll educate you after the podcast. I'll run you that. But playing for the Broncos, and even in the NFL, so here was an expansion team for the Broncos about 1960. And so you're coming along just a you know, couple of handfuls of years later. The NFL, the, the monster that we think it is today, how different was it back then with, with a team that was still in its uh, fledgling existence? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I, I had the good fortune of playing with uh, three-time All-American from uh, Syracuse, Floyd Little, yeah. who's now in the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame. And we, uh, it took us 13 seasons to have a winning season in Denver. Right. And we only played 14 games back then. We were 7-5-2. and two. We had our first winning season. You could still tie back then before they put the playoff in system. But, uh, yeah, it was a struggle. It was kind of interesting. My rookie year, Mark and Mel, we uh, – we were 4-0. and We beat the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. We beat okay. the Atlanta Falcons. Terry Bradshaw came in as a rookie, and we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we beat the Atlanta Falcons. We're 4-0. and The highlight film of that season was called October's Champions because it stopped right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we won one more game. And, and we had another. But, uh, in, uh, you know, luckily, in, I, I guess the 73 was the first team, 72 or 73, that uh, they brought in Charlie Johnson, who'd thrown for 30,000 yards at uh, – 
at uh, St. Louis football Cardinals at the time and right. the Houston Oilers. Taped him up like a mummy. He had 12 <laughs> major surgeries, shoulders and knees. Oh, goodness. But he was a great leader, cool under pressure, huh. and picked Oakland apart one time and uh, back in Oakland. And, and we, we had a good team that made the transition, finally had a winning season. Then a couple of years later, vaulted to them into the Super Bowl yeah. in 77. Outstanding. Who, who's a better player, you or Dick? Oh, he he's a better athlete. Is that right? He's a better athlete. Uh, he, he said that you said that pretty easily. Like you didn't even think about it. Well, Dick, you know, won a state championship in golf. Here, he's a great skier. Right. Uh, he could throw in twenty points in a basketball game, and uh, probably more of a natural. He's a bigger, you know, six two. I was more stocky, maybe almost six feet. <laughs> but, right. but Dick Dick's a heck of an athlete. I you know. I had the offensive position. I probably could throw a little better, so he he never became a quarterback. But he was a great defensive back. We go to uh, that that uh, '67 season. We go to Oregon. We'd beaten Baylor here our our first game, mm-hmm. and then we go to Oregon. We open Autzen Stadium, where you're going to go in a mm-hmm. in a week. Uh, we played the first game ever played in Austin Is that Stadium. right? Wow. Yeah, first game. They that. opened Austin Stadium in 1967. Okay. Uh, Dick intercepted three balls on national TV and made himself an All-American in that game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then, then, like I say, we went on to be 5-0. and so, But uh, it's uh, it, it, great memories. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun mm-hmm. to think about it. What's it like coming back to Boulder for a reunion uh, like you're having this weekend and seeing the – your uh, your teammates and things like that. Well, Mel, it's what you're creating with your guys right now. I mean, you look at these, it's family. I mean, these mm. guys are brothers. Mm. You went through the blood, sweat, and tears with one another, uh, relished the great victories, and, and really felt hard on the on the defeats that you you, you were disappointed in. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a thrill. It's, it's a wonderful that uh, Rick George University is bringing us back like this. And, mm. and uh you know, we, we, we share some old war stories and have some laughs, and it's, it's and we just share great memories. We have a guy from Iowa named Dick Robert, and they used to make his name wrong in the paper. They called him Dick Roberts, but it was Dick Robert. He was out of, I think, Cedar Falls, Iowa or something, and he was our punter. And when he first came, uh, they, they, he needed a hook on his helmet, so they put on cross on the helmet for the equipment manager to put hooks on his helmet. So he had a name Hooks, right? And his name all, all through our career was Hooks. His name was Dick Robert. No, nobody knew him as that. There's another story. Dan, Dan Stavely, the freshman coach, when he matriculated us into the University of Colorado, wrote us letters about what to expect and, and told guys out of town, out of state, how to send their belongings ahead. He said, so here's the example. Send them to Joe College, Baker Hall, Boulder, Colorado, 80301. And we have a guy out of California named Dennis Cleveland. He sent his stuff oh, to no. Joe College, <laughs> Baker Hall, and we called him Joe College for his whole career. <laughs> but uh, those, were, those were fun times. Wow. Bobby, what um, – you know, the, the participation in, in, in football is – down a little bit in the, at the youth level, you know, and mm-hmm. with the elementary school and middle school uh, kids, especially kind of out west. Um, I believe football is a great game. What does the game of football, what has it meant to you? Well, all, all the things that were instilled by the coaches, you know, I, I played with a great coach uh, at Boulder High School, Emerson Wilson. By the way, Mel, he still has, I think, the single, uh, the, the rushing record for the longest rushing play in, uh, in CU history, 95 yards. He, he was from Kansas. We, we just passed it for overall with the flea flicker here just yeah. a, a few well, weeks it's ago. Yeah, the rushing record. Right. Yeah, so the, the rushing, that's the longest rush okay. in, in CU history. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But uh, 
and Sam Pagano, who, you know, yep. the Pagano boys that are still in the NFL, and Sam yep. was a great line coach for us when Boulder High School, we were lucky enough with Dick being a senior to win the na uh, state championship. No, I didn't say national. <laughs> state championship <laughs> here at Boulder High School. But, you know, discipline and dedication and, and, and going the extra mile and all the things you learn that you need later in life to, to matriculate yourself through life and, and survive in life and accept the challenges. And, you know, it's, uh, I think Martin Luther King said something about the true measure of a man is, is not uh, tested during times of comfort and convenience, but but in times of challenge and controversy. And yeah. mm -hmm. Coaches have a way to put those challenges and controversies Amen. in front of you, and those so do those games and those opponents. And you know it makes you stronger later on. I'm sure it's it's a great game, Mel. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. I love football. I am in California now. Watch you guys all the time and watch your shows. And you know, once you, once a buff, you're always a buff. Well, sure. Andy, we're talking to one of the great buffs of all time here, Bobby Anderson. Um, you, know, you think about your playing career. You grew up watching this program. Then you play here. You become an All-American. Ultimately, you end up in the College Football Hall of Fame. You end up in the NFL uh, here in Denver. Um, you were involved in a broadcast for 29 years. And, and now you're, you're out there living in your palatial estate, I'm sure, Bobby, and, <laughs> in California out there, and, and, and watching this program. I'm wondering, now that Mel is here, and you've had a chance to kind of see this thing develop over the course of his uh, well, nine or ten months that he's been here now, what do you think about this program, what Rick has done with the building that we're sitting in right now, the Champion Center? I bet that, that's almost got to seem like walking on the moon when you come in and see what, what Rick has done with well, that. Well, the but. guys are talking, uh, going through the facilities. And of course, I got to go through them a couple of years ago when we came back for the Blue Bonnet yeah. reunion. But, uh, I mean, this is just wonderful. And we thank you for taking the job. I mean, it, it, with uh, your your experience and, and what, where you've been, I mean, it's wonderful to have you here, Mel. And, um, the um, the facilities are amazing. In '67, before my sophomore year, and of course freshmen weren't eligible back then. Eddie removed the track. We had an Olympic track inside the stadium, mm -hmm. and he removed the track and put out the East Campus, and then increased about 20,000 seats in the stadium. And mm -hmm. I remember uh, Mike Motler and, Ma and Mike Schnitker, our captains in '68, and a couple other guys worked on that uh, West Press Box because they were building that press box in the in the Flatirons Club that's over there now. So that, so that we, came to we, be in the We saw all that happen, okay. yeah. And they all built right. this, the low little end zone building because they used to go to a tin can building out here in the 50s when right. I was a kid watching the 50s teams <laughs> with John Wooten and those guys. Yep. Right. That's where they'd go for halftime. And they'd come out of the old, old locker rooms down the stairway. They used to come in the 50s. They used to come down the stairway. Well, so we had our hmm. own team building in the – in the uh, north end zone and then later on in the 90s uh, for max teams bill mccartney's teams they built the dow ward center yeah. there was a great player for uh colorado in the in the 50s um dick knowlton who was the chairman of the board of hormel company out of minnesota mm -hmm. they beat nebraska three years in a row back then wow and uh and he, he said, if you name it after my coach, Dal Ward, I'll help you raise the money to build that building. We, we just a few weeks ago, in fact, it was the Nebraska weekend, uh, Rick and I were over at, uh, at his fraternity, and we honored him. They did an honorary ceremony for, for him, for Dick Knowlton. Oh, uh, good. At that yeah, point he in time. since and has passed away, but I yeah, used to see him out right, in California. Yeah. yeah, but his family's wife was there, and his yeah. family was there. And so now that you've got the Champion Center, this is just amazing. I'm so glad that you can say – when you bring a kid into these facilities, I mean, it's, it's spectacular. And, and everybody's going, wow. And one of the guys today going through the facility said, well, I remember when we were so proud we had that little combination lock we could put our, put our belongings <laughs> in so Phil Ward and Irwin wouldn't steal from us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now, these, now, these, uh, now these locker rooms, and it's beautiful yeah. what you have provided for these young men. Yeah, I tell you what, this is a this is a great place, the history, the tradition, all the, the great players that have come through here, the great coaches. Um, every day, you know, I learn something new about this place, and and uh, 
it's just uh it's it's really it's really hard to explain um but the impact um that guys like yourself have on the current team is invaluable mm. because um our guys they 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 feel it they feel the tradition there's a expectation there's a standard and uh and we want to make you guys proud. We really do. Well, you're doing it right now. We we appreciate that. We appreciate that a lot. All right, I got to ask you. Yeah, you, you were an actor. Oh, you got to tell us about your your movie roles now. I got oh, we got to hear about this. You know, there was a talent agent in Denver when I was in, in Denver, and and they they uh, call us in for some bit parts. All right. So one on one was the basketball with Robbie movie Benson, where I right. where I yeah. beat up Robbie Benson. They called me Hitman King. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all head fakes and sound effects, but it looked real after it was done. <laughs> and then uh, you know, we were in a Woody Allen movie up near where you live now, up near Evergreen. Yeah. That the 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 house, the satellite house up yes, there. Yeah. They filmed the they filmed the movie where, you know, it was kind of ultra-modern. We chased Woody Allen through a field or something. But <laughs> Oh, let me see. American Flyer was a basketball uh, – no, a bicycle movie. Okay. Uh, with the, they, they called the race the Hells of the West. It was uh, for, for bicycling. And, uh, um, yeah, I was supposed to interview a guy who finished second, and I think my line was, real close race, wasn't it? And he says, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, but I had just some bit parts that were, you know, I, I think I get a dollar forty-five from Warner Brothers for some residuals like right? that now. But right. you're living large. Yeah. <laughs> well, good stuff. It's great to have you back. I oh, mean, this is fun. I, I enjoyed my. my I've told this story before. I might as well tell it here in the podcast. I'm not even sure you know this or not. Um, Bobby, when when he was doing sidelines for us, Mel. Um, there was no off-limit areas of the playing service for Bobby. <laughs> right. I don't, so I'm not even sure I've ever told you Mac this. used to say, Bobby, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but uh, we're here, Gary's coaching, and I think it was the game where we did, it was because of, of September 11th, we had that game. When I first got here in 04, we played Washington State in Seattle. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, we played them up there. And I got a call from the uh, Big 12 commissioner at that point in time. <laughs> Because uh, he said, uh, I said, uh, you know, I'm brand new. I'm thinking, why is the guy calling me? I think I got the letter later. No, you probably did. <laughs> you, you probably did. And he says, there was a shot. He says, Mark, there was a shot on television where Coach Barnett is talking with an, the referee out there. And right in the middle of him with your big KOA microphone at the time was Bobby Anderson standing there <laughs> taking part in the conversation. You can't let him do that. And I said, well, why don't you call Bobby and tell him he can't do that? Then? I think I got the letter. What, one, thing I always, one thing I always did that I really, I, I, I looked at the, the program, the depth chart, yeah. and I got the name. Names of the referees, the line judge, and I, and I said, "Okay." I, I, so I called him by name. Okay. I wanted to get to know him. I talked yeah. to him during the during the game, right before the game. I talked to him during the game, and then if I needed a, a call clarified, I said, "Hey, Joe," you know, whatever his name was. <laughs> who was that? You know. Yeah. And so we could try to give you a little more information up. Above. Nobody gave us more information off the sidelines of Bobby Anderson because he was everywhere down there. <laughs> the great Bobby Anderson. <laughs> Bobby, it's always great catching up. Oh, thanks. Good thanks. to see you. Good brother. to be with you, you guys. Thank Good you. luck thank against Arizona. We're looking for that win tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much go buffs good stuff what one of the greats i mean you can't you can't find a hall of fame that bobby's not in i think future farmers of america is the only hall of fame he's not in <laughs> at this point in time but uh, one of the retired numbers college football hall of famer and uh, one of the greats here bobby anderson joining us this week on mel tucker's inside zone for the head coach i'm boys of the boss mark johnson thanks for joining us we'll talk to you next week look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader.
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.